Father, our lives are yours. Every bit of them. Our mind, our soul, our bodies, our spirits are yours. This church is yours. Our worship is for you. Our jobs, we work for you, God. We glorify you in every aspect, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Yes, amen. That was awesome, right? That song is called The River. In the River. Look for it if you don't know what that song is. It's amazing. And I'm sweating, so forgive me. I forgot that I wasn't Meryl, and I went crazy over here, looking at Meryl going crazy up there, and I'm just like following her steps. And, I'm, and then I sat down, and I was like, oh, I need to get back to some cardio. Praise God. Um, so I have a word for you uh, this afternoon in continuation of last week's word. Um, last week, we talked about the supremacy of Christ. You remember that? Amen. And today we have a continuation of that, uh, uh, which is called Supreme Part 2. And I'm going to be talking today about the spirit of Antichrist. So we're going to look at some things. Um, I had a different message this week. I had prepared a, a message about God's goodness, and it was really good. And uh, I will still share it, but during uh, the preparation of that this week, God spoke to me uh, directly about about what I'm going to talk to you about today, which is uh, there's an opposition that is directly uh, against and in conflict with who Jesus Christ is. Amen? It is the identity, the function of Christ that this spirit of Antichrist is against, which in turn puts us, us kind of like in that opposition as well. But we're going to learn today not just what that opposition is, but what our call is. Amen? Because there's no point in talking about what the enemy is doing if we're not going to do something ourselves. Amen? And I just want you to know we have the victory. Amen? We have the victory in Jesus Christ. Yesterday, uh, I had the opportunity, we and my wife, we went to, uh, to the observatory. You guys been there before? been years huh LA people we don't go to the places that are cool in LA you see a bunch of people that are not from LA in those places anyway we went there was a 10 mile line down the mountain or hill whatever and uh, I'm like we're gonna have to park down here we can't walk this hike all the way 10 miles up the thing and I was like Cynthia you know like we should park maybe down here she's like no just keep going just keep going uh, we'll find something up there. And I'm like, okay, yeah, great faith, right? So we're just driving, we're driving, and uh, we finally get all the way to the top where, um, you know, where the actual parking is, and you don't have to park on the, on the dirt and stuff. It's just like regular concrete parking. And uh, so we pu I pull into this, like, lane, and there's a car coming this way, and there's a car in front of me. And I'm like, uh-oh. And there's a car coming out. This car is waiting. I saw him first. He's like, they're before us. Excuse me. And this guy pulls in. 
So this guy's trying to, first of all, this guy's trying to reverse in, which he messed up there. But uh, <laughs> so this car goes in, and then a the fight breaks out. An argument. But it was close to, to physical. So while they're fighting, there's another car right next to the, that mess, like two cars, lanes down, coming out. And I'm like, I just parked. <laughs> While they're fighting, we got a, got a stub, got the camera, Cynthia, and we went. And we're like, wow, God really blessed us right now. <laughs> we're like, like some good parking right now. It was awesome. So um, I don't know why I told you that today. It's just a cool story. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. So open your Bibles to 1st of John, while I catch my breath still, chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. Let me get an amen when you have it. 1st John, chapter 4, verse 3 and to 5. And a loud amen. All right, let's read it. It says, this is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. This is Jesus speaking in his time. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit, of, uh, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Amen? You believe that? So um, last week we talked about the supremacy of Christ. And there was these seven things that I talked to you about of, of who Christ is and like his function. Amen? So I'm going to run through those really fast just to catch us up in case you weren't here or just in general to just catch us up. So this is what I want to do, okay, since we're in party mode still. Are you with me? Every time that I mention something that Christ does, you guys got to cheer, okay? I'll cheer with you. Don't worry. You ready? Christ is supreme over all. He is the image of the invisible God. Woo! Praise God. Jesus is the creator of everything seen and unseen. Yeah! Praise God. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. He is eternal before anything, alpha and omega. Amen? Yeah! Praise God. He is the head of the church. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> the fullness of God was in him. Amen. This is my favorite one. He reconciled everything in heaven and on earth. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. And finally, you got to cheer the loudest for this one. Christ lives in us. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> all right. I like those, all those noises. Um, isn't, isn't he good? Isn't Jesus good? Jesus Christ. Remember, Christ means anointed one it means chosen one christ is his function and jesus is his name um and because christ is so amazing the enemy always wants to to, to do something to oppose him to do something to trick his people and that's what i want to talk to you about 
There's a direct opposition to who Jesus Christ is, a spirit called the Antichrist spirit. This is not a person necessarily. I'm talking about a culture. I'm talking about a movement called Antichrist. It's more like values, morals, a way to look at life, an outlook, and an influence. Again, I'm not talking to you about a doom and gloom message today. Today's message is about learning, you know, who we are and learning what our opposition is, but what we do to respond to that opposition. Amen? It is a way of thinking that opposes the thoughts of heaven. The Spirit opposes the very will of God. Will means desire. The very desire of the Father is opposed by this Antichrist spirit. And therefore, it opposes you because Christ lives in you. And you haven't even noticed, some of us haven't noticed, but the culture is so deeply influenced by this Antichrist spirit that all of a sudden, even Christians are participating in things that they shouldn't be participating in because it's been influenced by culture. Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is the visible image of the invisible God. Remember I told you this meant that Jesus knew where he came from. He knew his identity. He knew who he belonged to. So what does Antichrist spirit does is attempts to destroy the divine nature of Christ as God in the eyes of the entire world. Many people believe in Christ. They believe in Jesus. They believe that he's good, that he's a prophet, that he's a teacher. They believe those things. But when you say Jesus is God, people walk away and they turn away. Now, of course, I know that the church has some responsibility in that. It's the way that we've been portrayed, the way that we've delivered messages, the way that we've condemned and judged. I get that. But it doesn't negate that Christ has opposition. The Spirit opposes the very will of God. I said that. So I said to you that because Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, he knew who he belonged to. Uh, I behave because of who I belong, uh, of where I belong to, and I become who I behold. So the enemy will attack, the Antichrist spirit will attack identity constantly in our world. I don't know if you've noticed it. But it's constantly attacking identity of Jesus Christ. He distracts you, persuades you, doesn't want you to behold, meaning worship God. We don't have that problem here at Grace and Love Church. Amen. We love worshiping our God. We love worshiping Jesus. But unfortunately, there's people around you that perhaps are being distracted with things that they shouldn't be. You see people who are Christian who sometimes don't see the value in community, perhaps. They've been hurt somehow. But one way or another, this spirit of Antichrist has distracted them and hurt them. And now they don't see the church the way that they used to or the way that they should. Are you with me so far? And I'm here to tell you and I'm here to tell whoever's listening that you don't have to let that influence you, that Christ loves you, that Jesus Christ loves you, that his church loves you, and that, that the church, we should embrace those people that feel like they're outcast, that feel like they don't belong. We should embrace them. We should not, you know, send them off. We should not rebuke them. We don't agree with the sin. We don't agree with the lifestyle, yes, but we should embrace these folks. We should embrace these people, amen? amen. Jesus Christ is the creator. 
So guess what? The spirit of Antichrist is going to oppose his creation. Everything Christ created is under the opposition of the spirit of Antichrist. He hates God's creation. Hates it with a passion, especially us. Us that have come to the fold, have come to Christ. He hates that creation. But our war is not against the machine. It's not against politics and government. That's not what our war is with. Our war is not against flesh and blood, but of powers and principalities. And we have victory in this war. We have victory with Jesus Christ. It is against this evil spirit of Antichrist that is against the church, that wants to quiet the church, wants to defeat the church, wants to make us, put us in a corner and just worship in your four walls, and that's it. And if you don't see that happening, wake up, church! Wake up! It's happening right now. What are we going to do? Are we going to be fearful? Are we going to stay quiet? Are we going to participate like nothing's happening? Or are we going to stand up? Are we going to rise up? Are we going to spread? And I'm not talking about go to the corners and condemn people. I'm talking about loving folks. I'm talking about embracing people. I'm talking about preaching grace and spreading love. I'm talking about those things. I'm talking about healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm talking about spreading his kingdom. But he wants to quiet the church. Revelations 7 9. This is something that he hates. Can you put it up? Revelations 7 9. After this, I saw, listen to this, please. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. A picture of heaven. Why is there tribes and languages and, and races in heaven? This is God's creation. We come in all different colors. All kinds of tongues and tribes and cultures and way of doing things. And what is Spirit of Antichrist want separation, to hate each other, us and them. Nobody feels like that right now, how the atmosphere is right now? Come on, talk to me. Amen. Doesn't it feel like it's us and them? That's what he wants. He hates this. But what unites us is greater than what separates us. I have this feeling that people Filled with Christ, this Christ that we know, we're going to change this world. We're going to see multitudes come to him. In the midst of darkness, there will be a light that shines. And it will rise up and will bring light. It will bring the glory of God into this world. I believe it. You believe it with me? So he hates this. This passage of Revelation 7, 9. He wants, he wants a race war for us to see people as enemies rather than see people that we should love them and that we should tell them about how God loves them and how Jesus loves them. If you start 
starting to feel like you have enemies that you don't know. They're just your Facebook enemies all of a sudden. Don't fall into it. Are you with me? He hates the family. I'm talking about creation part. Just probably four things that I picked that, that Christ created. He created the family. He perpetuates fatherlessness. It's, it's in the culture. It's in the music. I hear it. Fatherlessness is like a cool thing. He perpetuates it. But we are, we're here to change it. We're here to have marriages that are successful. Raising kids that are successful. We're going to be the difference here. Gender confusion. You can be whoever you want to be now. Whatever you want. Think about it. You could be it. It's confusing people. Why? 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 I, I just want you to look at the big picture. While you look at the news and say, oh, that's bad, that's bad. Look at the big picture. Look at what's happening in the heavens. Remember, what you bind on earth, you bind in heaven. And what you loose on earth, you loose in heaven. So what's happening in the airs? What's happening in the heavens? Confusion is being brought. Confusion. And how does the church react? We react like that's bad, that's not good. You know, cruz, cruz. The goal is destruction of sexuality as Christ created it. Male and female. It's no longer male and female. It's, it's all kinds of stuff. Why? It's not so that we can, you know, part of the, the fruit of that is so we can, like, have opposition with people, right? Like, oh, I don't agree. Oh, I agree. I don't agree. But what we don't see, come on, we got to wake up. What we don't see is that there's a spirit and influence of culture that's moving in the world. And we can't move with just words and, and hashtags. And we can't. We got to move with our spirit, with the Holy Spirit. The spirit of Christ. Abortion. We look, we, we, we see abortion and we think, that's bad. We shouldn't do that. That's this and that's that. But we don't see that that's only the fruit of what's happening in the background. That is a fruit of what's happening. Yes, yes, it's not good. Yes. But what is, what is the influence? That's why we got to infiltrate. We got to go into enemy ground. We got to go into the dark areas and turn on the light. That's why. You may sit like I'm not saying we shouldn't. We, I'm not saying we should accept it or anything or we shouldn't say it's bad. Yes, it's not good. It's not what God stands for. But that doesn't mean we start to like just blame and, and point fingers. No, church. It's bigger than that. Government. Politics. You know, God created government. There is a perfect government in heaven. God always wanted for earthly government to be influenced by heaven government. He always wanted for leaders ruling with values and the direction of God and the direction of heaven. Anytime that a king from Israel would get away from God and started to worship other gods, the people would suffer. 
So that means that a leader, whoever's influencing that leader, influences the people. Politics, pleasing people rather than God. And, and, And politics, a politician will say one thing here and another thing here, depending on who he's talking about or she. So what happens under a presidency is very important. So what are we going to do? How are we going to move as a church? With the spirit of Christ. We're going to ask the Lord. We're going to pray. We're going to be guided with the Holy Spirit. And we're not going to pay, atta- pay attention to the he said, she said. I, I get it. It's fun. I get it. Watching that stuff is fun. You laugh for a little while. I get it. But ultimately... Ultimately, this is going to impact your children and your grandchildren. And I know we we tend to live in the here and the now. But I want us to start living in legacy. What legacy are we leaving for our kids and our grandkids? Are we thinking about that? Or are we thinking just about today? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe I got to go to work tomorrow. That's it. That's all I'm thinking about. You're not thinking about. Brings me to my next topic. Christ is eternal. Amen? He's eternal, has no beginning, and has no end. So what does the spirit of Antichrist do? Live in the now with no vision, no legacy, no eternity. It's influenced in the culture. I I got some lyrics that I wanted to read to you from a song. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. But here it is. You ready? Young at heart and fueled automatically. We don't miss an opportunity. Driven by our insecurity, we're the ones in authority. We've been waiting for this moment to come, living fast, dying young. We're kicking butt. I can't say that word. We are only having fun. Somehow we get along, living fast, dying young. We're going to embrace whatever comes along. We don't know where we belong. I know we hear the song, the melody sounds good when we hear it, right? But what, it's, what is it saying? What, what spirit is influencing sometimes these songs? Use your discernment. I'm going to read this to you. God has called us to live eternally with him. You know that you now live eternally with Christ today, now. To know him, have intimacy with him. He invites us into this amazing life full of love and empowerment. An abundant life where we have a sense of eternity. Where we live now, but also have vision for tomorrow. We know where we belong. Amen? Amen? All right. So, excuse me. Christ is the head of the church. So what do you think spirit of Antichrist is going to oppose? His church of Jesus Christ. He divides it. Let's find out what's wrong with church rather than help the church, right? People have that mentality. People say, I go to church rather than becoming the church. Don't just go to church, be the church. 
You are the church of Jesus Christ. You're the one that God has called to represent Christ here on this earth. So the enemy he hates. Look at this verse right here, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Okay? They will act religious. Oh, yeah, I go to church all the time. Right? But they will reject the power that could make them godly. We don't reject that power. Amen? This is not a religion. At work, you know, um, they, people have said that I'm religious, right? Because they don't, they don't have words for that. So now, it's so funny. Oh, my gosh, this is weird. All right. So now sometimes uh, when I'm talking to someone and they cuss, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my bad. Excuse my French. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, you know, it's because, you know, you're religious and stuff. I'm not religious. I don't even like religion. What? You don't? No, I don't like religion. I, I know God and Jesus. I don't know about religion. So they leave more confused than they came, but, <laughs> but you know, it happens. But I'm not, I don't stand for religion. I don't want to stand for religion. I don't want people to say, you know, you have a, I don't have a religion. I know God and I know Jesus. And you can know him too, and he'll change your life the way that he changed mine. And I know we do religious activities. We go to church, we worship, we read. But we don't do it because of religion. We do it because we're in love. We dance up here and go crazy and hurt our knees and stuff because we love Jesus. Amen? But we have become distracted, some of us. We forsake the assembly. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of the saints or of the brethren. Don't forsake the assembly. Don't forsake coming together. This is so good that we come together. It is like a privilege. It is something that God ordained that Christ said, I die for the church. So they can come together, go out, and get some more people. Amen? Amen. He is the head of the church. Spirit of Antichrist wants the church powerless. That others might think that no change can come from the church. That, that nothing uh, that can change this world can come from just going to church on a Sunday. But the church is not powerless. The church is alive. The church is well. The church is full of power. Amen? And Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That the gates of hell will not win, will not succeed against the church. Why? Because he's the head of the church. Christ is the head of his church. He protects his church. He serves his church. He provides for his church. He gives power to his church. Are you with me? They want to make us think like we don't have the truth. You ever look at stuff and you're like, wait a minute. Do we have the truth? We do. We have the answer that the world is looking for. 
We have the answer that the world is looking for. The world is looking for answers. The world is looking and looking. Maybe we should change this law. Maybe change that law. Maybe do this thing. Maybe do that thing. No, it's Jesus that you need. You need Christ. You need the head of the church. And you need Christians. Meaning Christ-like people. The fullness of God lives in Christ or lived in Christ as he walked here on earth. Antichrist means anti-God. He is purposed to erase Christ from history. He tried but failed miserably. From the minds, from the hearts of the people to say that he is not Christ. That he didn't come in the flesh, that he's not God. That is a bold-faced lie. The fullness of God lived in Christ, and now Christ lives in us. But he wants you to think that you're full of sin. But you're not, amen? Full of Christ. My favorite heaven and earth was reconciled by Christ. Oh, beautiful. I think this is one of the ones that he just hates. He hates for you to find out that you have access to heaven. That there's resources that you have access to in heaven. Oh, no. Don't let them find out. Let them just go to church and and worship a little bit. Let them just go to church for a couple hours and then go home and do the same stuff you've been doing. Don't find out that heaven and earth is reconciled. No, no, there's still separation. Your sin separates you from heaven. No. The presence of God, you got to be clean to go in the presence of God. I am. By the blood of Christ, I am. By the blood of Christ, I am. I am. I've been purified by the blood of Christ. I can go into his presence. I have access. Heaven and earth is reconciled. God's resources, the riches of his glory are available to me. But he fights that. He hates for you to find that out. He wants you to rely on the pastor. He wants you to rely on yourself and your own strength, on your job, and like Bella said, on your money. But that you would rely on Christ and in heaven, he opposes that. But we will tell the world. Listen to me. We will tell the world that heaven and earth is reconciled, that you no longer have to be far away from God. As Paul said, God is pleading through me, come back to God. Come back to God. Come back to God. That is our position as the church. That is our position as the church. The ministry of reconciliation. Paul says, I love the way he says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, it is as if God is pleading through us, come back to God. Come back to God. I vibrate inside with these words, come back to God. Because at one point we all belonged to him. But this spirit of Antichrist came to try and divide. (laughs) But his efforts will fail miserably. 
Last but not least, Christ in me. Christ in me. As we read last week, Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, that says that the, the secret has been revealed. The mystery has been revealed. And that is that Christ lives in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Antichrist spirit wants you to feel like Christ does not live in you. There's no way. Me? With the thoughts that I have? With the words that come out of my mouth? There's no way. There's no way that Christ lives in me. Oh, yes. He wants you to think that. The Bible says that, that nature itself, listen, that nature itself groans for the revelation of the sons of God. Groans. The trees are like, man, if they find out soon enough. Oh, he opposes that. Churches are just, big churches, just that all of these people would find out that Christ lives in them. Now, not, not Christ, some simple man, some, some good prophet, some good teacher. I'm talking about Christ, the anointed one, the chosen one, living inside of us individually. Not as a whole. No, no, no. You, individually, Christ in you. Are you with me? He wants you powerless, sinful, defeated, because he is anti the Christ that lives in you. His worst fear is that we would wake up to the fact that we are filled with the entirety of Christ. His worst fear is that we would wake up to the fact that we are filled with the entirety of Christ. Amen. I'll end with, uh, with the last portion of First of John chapter 4, verse 3 and 5, through through 5. If you can put it up. I'll end with this because this is where we respond. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won your fight with these false prophets because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand. Praise God. I want to say this. We are not called just to point things out. Oh, yeah, there's the Antichrist spirit working. No, no, no. We are called to infiltrate. We are called to go behind enemy lines. Because the, the one that lives in us is greater than the one that's out there. Amen? You're giants, giants in Christ. Warriors in Christ. Transforming this generation. That's our call. With the Christ that lives in us. Yes, he's out there. Yes, fine, he's out there. But no, he will not succeed. Separate yourself from that movement, that you don't belong to that movement, that influence of Antichrist. You don't belong in that movement. You belong to pull people out. You go in, pull them out, pull them out. All of us doing that work. And this is how we look at things, full of Christ, not with political agendas, temporary fixes that don't work. 
but with heavenly approach to a world full of this movement that we will come, arise and shine. What this world needs is Christ in them. That would change everything. Can you imagine? Imagine an earth. Imagine Revelation 7-9. All tribes, all nations, all tongues before the throne of God with palm trees in their hands, worshiping the mighty king. Why? Because we did our job. Because Christ in us led us to do our work here on earth. Christ is supreme. Amen? Christ is supreme. The elections are approaching. There's things going on in our, in our country, in our world here. And we're going to just start praying, interceding. And we're going we're gonna to ask God to use us this week. That he would use us this week. The culture that you belong to is way better. It's the culture from heaven. So why don't you get up on your feet? Thank you. Oh, Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for the supremacy of Christ that lives in us. You are supreme, God. You are victorious, God. And we, even this small group here, Lord, we will change this world. We will make an impact in our nation, in our country, in our families, in our communities. We will change this world with the Christ that lives in us. We will not participate, God. We will not participate in any movement, Lord, that's not yours. We will participate in your move, God, for this earth. In your move for this earth, God. Yes, Lord, there are things that need fixing. Yes, God, there are things that you want to change in this world, that we want to see different, Lord. But it won't change unless we open our mouths and begin to preach, God, your gospel. Preach the good news that Christ has reconciled heaven and earth. That heaven is available for all, Lord. That, that you're pleading through us. Please come back to God. Come back to God. Come back to God. That those words would vibrate in our spirit, in our soul, in our minds. That as we are at work, if somebody needs prayer, if someone needs counseling, if someone needs, Lord, your word to be spoken to them, that you would use us as we walk down the streets, God, that you would use us as our family that doesn't know you, God, that you would use us, Lord, the Christ that lives in us, that we would be bold, that we would receive confidence, God, just as the disciples did, just as the apostles prayed, God church the apostles prayed in the book of acts they were scared they were timid but they prayed for boldness and they received the boldness 
So today, I ask, Lord, for boldness for this church, God. I ask for boldness and confidence and security, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Any opposition to your church, Lord, is not good enough, God. Will not succeed, Lord, for your power, Lord, is greater, is greater, God. I don't know what you're going through, church. I don't know if you have issues in your family, if you have issues in your mind, in your soul, and you need prayer, and you want to come up. Today is the day that God sets you free, because Christ lives in you. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love Podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.